I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 163, for the weekend starting 13 January 2017. 2017. Talk Central is brought to you by <laughs> Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, is WhatsApp really as secure as Facebook claims it is? Perhaps not. Also this week, Norway to switch off FM radio. But what about South Africa? Cell C jacks up its prices. No. <laughs> and the iPhone turns 10. Can you believe it? Let's get the engine started. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Richard? And welcome. Happy New Year. Duncan. Happy New Year to you as well. I hope it's going to be a good one. I'm sure it will be. Um, yeah, definitely. After the dog show that was 2016. <laughs> Yeah, let's. Uh, I think the way this year started, it's it's a bit somber, but I think uh, yeah, we're in for a good one. It's been a bit of a slow new new start to the year. Mm. Um, of course, there's always CES to keep us busy, but uh, oh, CES was good. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite a bit this year, wasn't there? But before we get to all of that, let's uh, let's start quiz. Uh, do you want to kick it off, Richard? Yeah, sure. First question of the year: Yahoo, or what is left of it after the U.S. assets are sold to Verizon, is being renamed to what? And related to that, our second question, Yahoo's new name is a portmanteau of which two words? Third question, South Africa's Department of Telecommunications and Postal Services has a new Director General. Who is he? And again, related to that question, who was acting DG until the person who is the answer to question three took over? <laughs> a question within a question. Fifth question, Cell C this week announced it would hike tariffs on 1 February. What did, what did it cite as the main reason for being forced to do so? That's our quiz for this week, but um, let's uh, let's get into the news, Rahat, as the weather seems to close around us again. I remember, I think it was in November or, or early December last year, we, we, we recorded through one of the most spectacular storms uh, in years, and yep. um, it, it's looking like it might do it again. So let's hope, let's, let, hope. let's hope it holds off for the next half hour yep. while, we, while we record the show. But uh, let's, uh, let's get straight into it. And did you see this uh, story uh, from The Guardian that was uh, broken this afternoon? They, A little bit worrying. Yeah, they have an, had an exclusive piece. Uh, very interesting. Um, article and uh, I think uh, very worrying indeed mm. um, suggesting that there is a serious vulnerability in WhatsApp and that its end-to-end -end encryption is in fact um, not end-to-end not, <laughs> not end-to-end no uh, they're saying they, they're citing uh, information provided to them by a guy called Tobias Bolter a cryptography and security researcher at the University of California Berkeley and uh, he's saying that um, this uh, vulnerability or backdoor, he's describing it as, in the, in the WhatsApp uh, messaging software can be used um, by um, Facebook, uh, which owns WhatsApp, of course, and by anyone else, including government agencies and spy agencies, to, um, to read people's messages. Um, hmm. And this is a huge problem. And as The Guardian points out, a, uh, a, a threat to freedom of speech um, in, in that uh, many people use WhatsApp to share, because of the end-to-end -end encryption, mm -hmm. use it to share uh, uh, information that they don't want third parties to see, including journalists um, and their sources. Um, I know a lot of people use Telegram yeah, yeah. because they, they perceive it as being the most secure way of communicating. But, um, but uh, you know, I've, I've certainly assumed that WhatsApp is, is, is secure to use and that your secrets won't be revealed unless someone sure. gets hold of your phone. But, I mean, this is certainly not another omission code. This is clearly something that was built in to allow that access, right? I mean, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. It seems to be the way um, WhatsApp has uh, implemented the technology. I, I think it's worth reading a couple of paragraphs from this Guardian story uh, because um, 
it, it, it explains um, better than I can perhaps try to explain it myself what, how exactly this works. But basically what they say is that WhatsApp's end-to-end encryption relies on the generation of unique security keys using the acclaimed signal protocol developed by Open Whisper Systems that are traded and verified between users to guarantee communications are secure and cannot be intercepted by a middleman. However, WhatsApp has the ability to force the generation of new encryption keys for offline users, unbeknown to the sender and recipient of the messages, and to make the sender re-encrypt messages with new keys and send them again for any messages that have, been, that have not been marked as delivered. The recipient is not, a made, not made aware of this change in encryption, while the sender is only notified if they have opted in to encryption warnings in settings and only after the messages have been resent. This re-encryption and rebroadcasting effectively allows WhatsApp to intercept and read users' messages. So it's hmm. got to do with the fact that they're not disclosing. They, they, it, it makes it, it if there's a problem in, with the communication of the message, it it, it, it it provides a more seamless experience for for users in that mm-hmm. messages that do get delivered, they're not they don't get error messages saying your message wasn't delivered. Sure, but sure. they're also not telling consumers that new security keys have been issued and that this therefore creates a vulnerability. Now, according to the Guardian report, Tobias Bolter reported this matter to um, to Facebook in April this year and uh, hmm. and has effectively been disregarded by the company. Um, so and he's now decided to take the matter public and I'm sure Facebook is now scrambling to to, to, uh, to, to respond and to yeah. um, potentially, hopefully, to come up with a solution to this. But again, it's a little bit worrying the fact that mm, Facebook has been notified of this and they choose to mm. not do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, May, yeah, I don't want to speculate, but you know, maybe it's a feature rather than an error. Um, well, they they say they know about it. I mean, they, they imply that they know about it. They said that, they said in response to the Guardian that the, uh, or in response to this um, security researcher rather that uh, um, it was quote expected behaviour end quote and wasn't actively being worked on. Um, so, you but know, if somebody knows how to how to exploit this, yes. then that's when it becomes a a real issue for users yeah. of WhatsApp. And, and because of this, um, WhatsApp uh, slash Facebook cannot claim that this is a secure platform. Mm. Sure, there's end-to-end encryption in place, but um, the fact is that there's a there's a problem. There's a known vulnerability out yeah. in the world. Yeah, and you can be sure that organisations like the NSA are going to take advantage of it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Not only the NSA, criminals. Uh, um, Hackers, uh, mm. um, governments in countries where um, you know where where the free flow of information is restricted, and um, and dissidents rely on the ability to encrypt their messages to avoid you know um, persecution by their own governments. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a it's a big worry, and I really hope Facebook um, uh, fixes this problem. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't. They're going to have to address this because um, this is this is really a bad mark on their name if yeah. if they continue, um, yeah, to leave it as it is. It, mm. it's, like you said, you know, this is opening it up wide open, for, uh, opening it up for 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 mm. anybody to exploit it. It's, it's worth just reading the the response uh, to the Guardian from from a WhatsApp spokesperson who said over a billion people use whatsapp today because it is simple fast reliable and secure at whatsapp we've always believed that people's conversations should be secure and private last year we gave all our users a better level of security by making every message photo video file and uh, call end-to-end encrypted by default as we introduce features like end-to-end encryption we focus on keeping the product simple and take into consideration how it's used every day around the world in whatsapp's implementation of the signal protocol we have a show security notifications setting option under settings account security that notifies you when a contact security code is changed we know the most common reasons this happens are because someone has switched phones or reinstalled whatsapp 
This is because in many parts of the world people frequently change devices and SIM cards. In these situations we want to make sure people's messages are delivered, not lost in transit. So it sounds like the short-term solution is to, um, if you're worried about your communication, is to go to settings, account, and security, mm. um, and then at least you'll know if the keys have been changed for, yeah, for any reason. Yeah. Um, it's it's probably fair to say that uh, the vast bulk of, of communication probably is not interceptable, mm. um, but the fact that there is this vulnerability raises serious concern that also probably means if, if uh, uh, a high a high profile individual's phone gets stolen mm. um, the change of those keys also would mean anybody sending messages to that person would not know whether that's the real person on the other end mm. or you know a malicious uh, user mm. um, trying mm. to get access to those messages mm. because of that question it's difficult to then trust yeah. the encryption Anyway, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on, on uh, what Facebook says about this. I've got no doubt that they're going to issue some sort of statement in the coming days and that the story is going to run uh, for a while. Um, my hope is that Facebook um, responds and says they're going to fix it, close it, even if it means some inconvenience to, to, to users. users yeah. So for, for the record, then we're just going to put our plans for world domination on, on Telegram. Off, off WhatsApp, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll shift them to Telegram. <laughs> <laughs> You're just inviting someone to hack your WhatsApp, yeah, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> no, they can see all my notes to my wife. There's only shopping lists on there. <laughs> anyway, um, Rechard, do you still listen to FM radio? Um, in my car, yes. Everywhere else, no. Do you still listen in the car? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I still listen a bit in the car, but I'm, I mainly listen to streaming music and podcasts now. Mm, mm. Um, I, I, if I'm feeling lazy and I don't want to pick up my phone and find something to listen to, I'll just switch it onto the radio. Mm. Um, but um, I, I would say that um, two-thirds of my time in the car now, when I w- would have been listening to FM radio in the past, is now consumed with podcasts and... Um, and streaming, streaming music, streaming, yeah. either through TuneIn Radio, funnily enough, mm-hmm. or, or more likely through Google Play Music. Um, but, yeah, I think FM still plays a role, especially when I, when I need up-to-date information like a news, news bulletin. I'll tune into 702 and, and yeah. listen to the latest yeah. news. Or, uh, you know, if there's an interesting interview on, on in the evening on the business show, I might listen to that. Or if I just feel like listening to a bit of music, I like the DJ on the radio, I'll tune into Mix FM yeah. here in Joburg. Um, I think they, they they play quite good music, but um, I do listen to it a lot less than I used to. Now, Norway, in Scandinavia, has become the first country in the world to announce plans to switch off FM broadcasts. Uh, they're doing it in a staggered approach. I think the rural areas are getting switched off first, if I remember correctly, and then eventually Oslo will be switched off. Um, but they were the first country in the world to do this because they're moving to digital audio broadcasting, or DAB. Mm. Um, FM is an analog technology, uh, and um, they—I guess—they're a bit unique in, in the rest of the world. There's a very interesting piece we ran from Bloomberg's on Tech Central this week, actually, about this, uh, suggesting that Norway may be on its own in this, and that the rest mm. of the world is actually quite happy with FM radio, uh, especially as we move to streaming in yeah. the next few years, yeah. and as cars get connected. Um, you know, most mo- many modern cars now have SIM cards integrated into them, and you know, are basically an internet hotspot. Mm. Uh, and as as we move more into an, into the connected vehicle world, do we, do, do, you know, do we really need an alternative to to FM broadcasts, or um, are we simply going to consume our entertainment uh, through the internet, especially when? Uh, the internet is 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 integrated into the um, car stereo system sure, sure. rather than having to fiddle with your phone to find something you want to listen to, uh, which I must admit is a little bit of an inconvenience. Mm. Not much, but it's a little bit of inconvenience. It's a little more inconvenient than pressing a button on the dash to yeah. switch on a radio station. Um, 
I guess also data costs come to play in a in a country like South Africa. Yeah, they do. They do. Where where FM is still such a, a, a big part of the consumption market for radio. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, we can't even get digital <laughs> broadcasting rights. I don't think we'll we'll see this anytime soon. <laughs> no. No, we have, well, we have had a trial on digital audio broadcasting in South Africa. There's no word yet on, on when commercial uh, broadcasts might start. Um, Are the trials still happening? I, I, I need to find that out, but my understanding is that the trial ended. I, okay. I, stand, I stand to be corrected, um, but there's been, no, there's been no progress, as I understand it, on, regulatory, on the regulatory front in terms of issuing of any licenses or any word from ICASA on when uh, a licensing process might take place. And I don't think there's any real urgency to do this either. Mm. I think... I think the real focus is on getting the TV broadcasting digital first, mm. Mm. Um, and then and then maybe looking at it a bit later on. Um, but we'll be speaking to the experts on that in, on an upcoming podcast, so listen out for that. Uh, we, and you'll, you'll we'll, we'll go into it in, in quite a bit of detail. But um, interesting that Norway switched it off, and I, I think I tend to agree with the the Bloomberg piece that we carried this week that um, there's no real urgency to switch off FM broadcasts um, or really to launch. Um, DAB. Um, in a way, it's it's a bit like um, it's a bit like Blu-ray never really took off in a massive way after um, after DVD. It was mm. never as popular as DVD. Mm. Mm. Um, in part because people moved to streaming and downloads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's probably why a 4K Blu-ray format is probably never really going to take off because 4K will get delivered over fiber. Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting one anyway, and uh, there've been a number of. Um, developments in the local market and I think that uh, I, 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 I mean I personally would love to play around with DAB technology um, you can buy the you can buy the handsets or the, or the receivers rather um, on Amazon or eBay or anywhere mm-hmm. and, um, and tune in I, I, I must say I stand to be correct on whether there are actually currently broadcasts happening there might be there might not be I'm, I'm not sure, sure the trials ended too because I know I remember yeah. when we spoke about it initially it was limited time that they were going to mm. run it for there were two trials yeah there was the DAB plus trial and then there was the DRM trial uh, mm. digital radio mondial and uh, the DRM trial was DRM is a uh, replacement in effect for AM radio um uh, quite different to AM though, in that there's no static and uh, you don't, uh, listen, you know, if there's a thunderstorm in the area, you're not listening to snap, crackle, pop mm, the whole mm. time. Uh, it's quite, it's crystal clear like FM radio. Um, but uh, interesting that Norway's switching off, uh, but I don't think we're going to be doing that. Uh, I, I, I would strongly suspect that we'll still have broad- FM broadcasts in South Africa 10 years from now. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, let's take a, a break at this moment. We'll be back right after this. Hello world. Hello information. Hello uploads and downloads. Hello streaming videos and low latency. Hello blogs and vlogs. Hello crystal clear video calls. Hello increased productivity. Hello online learning. Hello cloud. Hello long lost friends and missed connections. Hello limitless possibilities and instant gratification. Say hello to premium high speed fiber from Vox Telecom. Pleasure guaranteed. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef? There's so many companies offering fiber at the moment, but with Vox Telecom's premium high-speed fiber, you'll be joining the Smile High Club. Duck or salmon, sir? We call it business class fiber. We guarantee our uptime and can tailor our services to suit your needs and budget. Say hello to Business Class Fiber from Vox Telecom. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Welcome back to the show. Richard C is putting up its prices. What? Uh, unexpected, I think. And, yeah, very. Uh, disappointing in a way because um, C has been 
I think along with Telcom, has been the price challenger in this market yeah. against the big incumbents, MTN and Vodacom. Uh, and uh, here they are announcing actually quite significant, in some cases, price increases. And uh, I, th- I think, uh, you know, they're blaming the weak RAND and, and the, the resultant increase in uh, network equipment costs for this as the main reason. They've also in- they mentioned several other reasons, in- including the fact that the government or the regulator has not allocated additional spectrum. Um, but uh, the, the main reason, for the fall in the RAND uh, and the increasing cost in, in deploying uh, network infrastructure. And I, I can believe it because Celsius is, ra- is ramping up its, its network rollout. They're deploying LTE at an aggressive pace. Uh, in an effort to to try and uh, at least catch up to the mm. LTE rollouts of MTN and Vodacom, um, so they they're in a difficult position in that they they need to they need to make these network investments. I mean, MTN and Vodacom together last year spent 20 billion rand on their networks. I think CLC was sitting at uh, or made a commitment a year or two back of 8 billion rand over a, a period of uh, two or three years, if I remember correctly. So. They've um, they've got to make a lot they've got to make a lot of investment. I think the other challenge they're facing potentially, and I, I don't know if this specifically played a role in in the price increases announced now, but obviously they're going to have shareholders to answer to soon, new shareholders um, in the form of Blue Label Telecoms, which itself is listed on the JSC, uh, and which itself has uh, a number or dozens, hundreds, thousands probably of shareholders that it has to answer to. Uh, so um, the the pressure is probably growing on CLC to um, to report a sustainable profit. Um, so those prices going up, and some of them, some of those prices going up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, CLC saying that they're still very competitive uh, in relation to the bigger operators. But I, th- I, I mentioned on a radio show this week that I think that uh, it's, it's clear now that there is only one real um, price leader in the South African mobile market, and it is no longer CLC after this, and it's Telcom. Yeah. Interestingly, who would have thought? Who would have thought Telcom being the price leader? Mm. But Celsius always used to be, and we spoke about them often on this podcast about you know kind of uh, being the underdog and being kind of this 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 entity that's able to you know do really innovative and interesting things. And I fear that has kind of come to an end now when Celsius customers are kind of hit with reality. Mm. And, you know, not everything is uh, always great with the uh, you know the underdogs. Mm. Yeah. And Celsius has certainly faced a lot of difficulty over the years, and with this big restructuring that's going on there, and, and Blue Label Telecoms mm. making an investment of 5.5 billion rand for 45 percent of the company, they're going to want to return on that money at some point. Do you think that was part of it? I mean, obviously them know. having to to push up their prices to be able to to be more, you know, a, a pri- I think it must have played money. must have you know at the very least I think it was it must have been at the back of their minds mm. uh, that that uh, you know they're going to have to deliver sustainable returns going forward. I mean, they've turned they've turned a profit at last uh, and I'm sure the new shareholders don't want to see them returning to a loss making position uh, and, and, and I've got no doubt that played a role in their thinking here yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I suspect the bigger the bigger issue is the fact that they're having to ramp up their network investment um, uh, to keep pace with uh, or, or to play catch up with Vodacom and MTN's investments in recent years and I've got no doubt that that's the biggest reason for the for the price increase to 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 be able to fund that network mm. investment. 
And it'll also definitely put uh, customer loyalty to the test. It to will. See, to see how much of uh, their customers, or how many of their customers at least, you know, stick with them because they feel that they are the best operator as opposed yeah. to just jumping based on price. Well, that, maybe that's the important thing here. Maybe they feel that their customer service and their network quality has improved to the extent that they can withstand a price increase. And if that's the case, then fantastic. Mm, mm. Um, we'll, we'll know when we see the, 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 the market share numbers uh, during the course of this year. Uh, I, I hear anecdotally that uh, Telcom's free me plan is doing incredibly well and that they're taking customers from, from other networks. It w- wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Celsius increasing its prices suggests perhaps they have confidence in, 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 in customers not churning away from them. Mm. Um, so we'll have, to, we'll have to watch the space. So that's LC. Uh, our last story this week, and it's a big one, I guess, uh, is the yeah. news that the iPhone... Is ten years old. The it, old it, double digits. It's not quite ten years old in that it was only released uh, to uh, consumers in June in the U.S. in June of 2007. But sure, it was this sure. week that Steve Jobs took to a stage in San Francisco uh, and announced uh, the details of the phone mm-hmm. and really shook up the mobile industry uh, completely. And um, we're still feeling the 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 uh, aftershocks of that earthquake. Yeah, yeah. I watched that keynote again. Just parts of it. Uh, just I was scrolling through the the YouTube video of the keynote, and it was yeah such a groundbreaking moment at the time. Mm. Um, yeah, it was good to see Steve Jobs on the stage uh, again, um, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what an iconic moment for the mobile industry. It was a great presentation, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, we posted the video again on Tech Central on the story we ran on it. Uh, if, if you want to see the video again, it's really worth watching again. It's in, in its entirety. It's a, it's a moment in history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's had a huge impact. And Rechad, uh, um, you're an iPhone user. You've been an iPhone user for, for many years now, right? Yeah, actually, well, I mean, not initially. Uh, I've only been for probably the last four years uh, before that. All the, it was Android all the time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still a very, very happy iPhone user. I just I just think it's a solid device. The camera is great. And, yes. Uh, 128 gigabytes at my fingertips. I love it. Oh, you've gone for the top end. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, if you think about the impact, I mean, Microsoft, uh, you know, in those days, you know, they had a fledgling operating system in, in what was it called then, Windows Mobile? Yeah. Uh, that had the potential to own the market. Mm. Uh, Android hadn't even been launched yet. That's I think that was only launched a year later. It's a scary thought. Yeah, there was no Android when the first iPhone came out. And now, of course, uh, Android owns 90% of the smartphone market. I think I was using an iMate SP3 at the time. That I remember a, that phone. I, I had one too. that phone. The key, it was brilliant. The candy bar phone yeah. with the Windows operating system. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was made by... Yeah, it was iMate, which mm. eventually became HTC. HTC yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what was my first iPhone? I think it was a 3GS. I think that was the first one that went on sale in South Africa. If I'm not yes, yeah, I think it was this. Um, I got Limited these. quantities, very expensive, yes. and yeah, not easily to get. Yes, I, get. I had the uh, 3GS, and I think that was the last iPhone I owned as well. Um, after that, I got an HTC Desire, mm. uh, and then I was stuck in Android. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, you know, there are. I, I'm, I'm a bit te- technology agnostic, but um, you know, there are people who've upgraded every year to the iPhone since the original one, and won't get anything else. Won't won't entertain the thought of moving to another platform. Um, and it's been hugely profitable for Apple. I mean, if you look at its share price over the last ten years, it's gone up more than tenfold. Sure. It now has a market cap in excess of six hundred billion dollars. Uh, it has hundreds of billions of dollars of cash in the bank, 
and that's all all on the back of the iPhone. Yeah, that really made the company into to another force to be reckoned with. I mean, yeah. you can almost say the MacBooks uh, and the and the, the computer mm. range was really off the back of the their phone. Yeah. Now the question is 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 um, are the next ten years for Apple going to look as positive? Mm, good question. I think they're going to have to keep reinventing, keep removing features from the device, and maybe we'll see that. <laughs> but uh, no, I think the next the next ten years we're going to be seeing, and and this is something just on a side note that I've seen a lot from CSs here: mm. mixed reality and augmented reality. Uh, everybody's going to get onto that bandwagon, and your mobile device is going to be uh, the key part of it. You know, this little tiny computer in your pocket mm. is going to enable so much on the, yeah. the augmented reality space. And uh, but Apple's not doing anything in AR. I've heard some interesting rumors that they they're doing some big work with uh, Carl Zeiss, and I don't oh, know yes. what Carl Zeiss's. They're going um, to do Google Glass, are they? <laughs> Well, I mean, the rumor has it that there's going to be a see-through iPhone in the near future that uh, will obviously enable these technologies. Uh, I mean, it's speculation at this point, but oh, that would look, be I, wouldn't put, I wouldn't put them down just yet. I mm. think we've seen some interesting things from them, yeah, um, and we'll continue to see that. But yeah, yeah augmented I mean, reality. Play devil's advocate for a bit. I mean, I've been reading a lot of sc- uh, uh, skeptical articles and opinion pieces, especially coming out of the states in recent months, saying that um, Apple is forgetting to look after its core base, uh, and that's the Mac user. Um, they point to the Mac Pro. The new one, yeah. I that hasn't that. been updated in four years. The, the, it was introduced in 2013, mm-hmm. uh, and because it because of its design, it's not easy to upgrade like the old Mac Pros used to be. You're talking about the round cylindrical... The round cylindrical... Um, what would you call it? Paperweight. It's now a very expensive paperweight. Uh... You know, in the old days, they 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 produced those big silver boxes that you yeah. could open up and you could put new cards in, and uh, they were um, amazing machines. They were yeah. great machines, yeah. but this new one is um, it's it's very expensive, first of all, uh, but secondly, it's it's difficult to upgrade. Uh, well, it's not so new anymore, and they really haven't no. addressed that market. No, I, I mean, I guess on one end you can argue that they were focusing on the 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 the, 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 the portable side of the computing, um, mm. but even if you look at their new MacBooks. I mean that the a lot of people Pro, aren't you know, MacBook Pros, yeah, yeah, with the touch bar. I mean, mm. I wouldn't upgrade to that now because of the missing the amount of missing ports. You know, you don't have yeah. your USB ports anymore. Mm. It's it's a it's a it's a bit of a big move. It was a bit of a big move for me, and, mm. and I'm a bit worried about my upgrade path. Mm. Uh, should I move on from this machine? It was a very funny video I watched on YouTube the other day of someone saying uh, the new MacBook Pro in 30 seconds. They took some masking tape <laughs> and put it over the function keys. I saw that. But then took some masking tape and put it over the uh, all the ports on the side and said, "There you go. There's the new MacBook Pro." <laughs> bit cynical, but uh, good, yeah. good for a laugh. Um, but I think the other thing that uh, the other challenge problem that, that Apple is facing is um, a resurgent Microsoft, mm. the Surface um, Studio. What a machine! Is beautiful. It's damned expensive, starting at three thousand uh, dollars. But you've got this this fantastic all-in-one that, frankly, to me, looks better than an iMac, mm. much better than an iMac. Yeah. Uh, and you've got these new Surface uh, Book machines that um, that that uh, reviewers are raving about. Um, and Windows 10 is a, is a great OS. I use it uh, daily on mm. multiple machines, and it's rock solid. And uh, um, I don't, don't want to compare it directly to Mac OS 10 because they're, they're different operating systems. Mm. But um, but it's 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 just as rock solid as, as Mac OS 10 is. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not the Windows 
uh, Windows 7 that we used to know, which is also it's a good not operating the, system. Not the Windows of your grandfather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not Windows 98 SE. Yes. Oh, God, that thing. <laughs> Millennium Edition. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> I remember upgrading to Millennium Edition. I struggled on with it for about two months and then went back to Windows 98. <laughs> I went to Windows 2000 from there, I think. I decided, oh, yes. screw this, I'm going to go to the, the server operating system. Yes, yes, yes. Even though its interface wasn't as nice. Yeah, but it was it was solid. It's it was, so, it was so solid, solid. In fact, it was Windows 2000 became Windows XP. Yes, mm. yes, yeah, that's right. Good old days. But now, now the only thing we have to worry about is the hardware. You know, making sure that the manufacturers actually stick to the hardware that we need. Yeah. Um, without removing too many of those ports. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess time will tell. Yeah, so um, 10 years old, the iPhone, amazing. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they come up with this year. Um, mm. It's supposed to be a, 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 what do they call it, a, a minor iteration year. Uh, we should be getting the 7S uh, and the 7S yeah. Plus, yeah. but I have a feeling we're not. We're going to get the 8. Do you think they're going to go straight to that? I think so. I think so. Uh, uh, just by virtue of the fact that it's 10 years old. Yeah. Um, and... Every, everything is pointing to a very, very good Samsung Galaxy S8. Okay. Um, all the rumors suggesting it's going to be uh, the phone to beat. Mm. And I think they're going to have to beat it. Um, yeah. So I don't think they can afford to do a point release on the, on the new iPhone. Yeah, I agree. So when, when do they normally announce it? September time frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. end of the year. Yeah. Uh, gives them enough time to see what Samsung's up to and uh, formulate a response. Um, the, I must say the, the the phone I'm looking forward to most year most this year is that Galaxy S8, mm. especially after the the Note Seven debacle. I think it's Samsung is going to double down on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to go big. Mm. For sure. I'm not sure if I will move away from uh, from 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 our phone for that, but I'll, mm. I'm really be keen to to play with it. Mm. And, yeah. Yeah. Put it the, in my hands. The rumor is it's going to have its own virtual assistant, which is interesting. Oh, nice. Uh, <clears throat> Mainly because Google hasn't opened up its um, virtual assistant fully to uh, other phone manufacturers. Mm. You can only get it on the Google Pixel, um, which I've heard is may, has made Samsung rather annoyed. Yeah, you'd wonder why they would want to do that. I mean, surely yes. the strength of the operating system or the, the whole idea behind Android was to have yeah. the solid operating system across so many brands of yeah. devices. Yeah, yeah. I suppose um, Google is now a hardware maker, so... Uh, we have got to weigh up, you know, do mm. we keep back some of our functionality to um, to drive our handset sales? Um, I personally won't buy a Pixel. I think it's too expensive for yeah. what it is. Um, I think it's a mistake to price it at the same level as the iPhone. Mm. I can see why they've done it. They want to try and eat into that hugely lucrative profit margin that Apple enjoys at the high end of the market. But you don't get it on the first. You don't do it in the first go. I think you mm. need to price be priced slightly better than the iPhone so mm. that uh, you know Apple converts can. Have a, or has a, a good enough reason to migrate to it and mm. existing uh, Android users to, to upgrade to mm. it. Mm-hmm. But it's been an interesting year for phones. I see HTC uh, has announced its new flagship called the HTC Ultra. Mm-hmm. HTC U Ultra. Um, it's got fantastic specs, but it's it's really ugly. <laughs> now, HTC has really done some interesting, and I'm not saying in a positive way, some interesting, made some interesting decisions over the last few years. Yeah. And, I would love to root for them again, but they just haven't done anything to make me want to spend money with them. Mm. Um, they used to have the best phones, in my opinion, mm. and between mm, probably some bad business decisions and some you know less and stellar performing devices in recent years, mm. it, it's not the HTC that we used to know. I, th- I found they've always done very good phones, especially in the Android space. I mean, you know, in those early days, the HTC Desire was a real yeah, competitor to yeah. the iPhone. 
um, and and the, that M lineup, the M seven, eight, nine, and now yep. the HTC yep. ten, um, were great phones. Uh, I think HTC's problem is not that it's it's bad at um, coming up with excellent designs and technology and phones. Its problem is it doesn't know how to sell them. Yeah. Samsung, on the other hand, is brilliant at logistics and marketing and getting the phones in people's hands. You know, you know that they're going to announce the S8. You know, a month later it'll be in South Africa in stores. Yeah. Um, no, HTC, HTC, you, you don't know that. And they also had too many prices in their lineup. I always thought, you know, they, they wanted to, and especially if you look at the South African market, which is already a difficult market to, to get into mm. uh, in terms of the mobile space. I just had too many models, and it yeah. does confuse customers, but also the operators don't want to buy so many models, you know, That's unless true. you're the Samsung or the iPhones of the world. That's true. That's true. Let's hope HTC has a better year. Mm. Um, any other phones that you're looking forward to? I mean, there's obviously the iPhone, the new Samsung. Um, HTC, no doubt, will announce other models as well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the Pixel will come to South Africa this year, although I'm not holding out any hope. Yeah. Um, Huawei is an interesting one to watch. I think they're doing some interesting handsets. The Mate 9 has just been announced. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and uh, they've been making some great phones lately, actually. Uh, I think they, they, they deserve watching. Um, uh, the Moto Z is very good. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. I'd love to see the new Nokia's. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. The HPD uh, yeah, venture. Yeah. Um, the first one looks a bit underwhelming, but it's not really yeah. a top-end phone. Yeah. Uh, which other manufacturers are worth keeping an eye on? Um, if we pretty much counted it. Sony. There's always Sony. Sony, yeah. Um, I'm a bit disappointed in Sony lately, actually. Um, I, uh, you used to love their phones last year. I did. Wow. I've had a couple of problematic phones lately from them. Uh, problems with screens and stuff. Uh, faulty hardware, um, which you really shouldn't expect from Sony. Yeah. Uh, their cameras are fantastic. Uh, I think they, they challenged the iPhone head-on in the camera department. Mm. Uh, but uh, a bit confused about their strategy, naming strategy for their products as well. I mean, they had the Xperia Z, which was their, their, their top-end phone, and they said, well, we're not going to make the Z series anymore. Then they introduced the Xperia X, which was, well, is this the new high-end phone? It's certainly not cheap. Uh, it's got high-end specs in it. It's a bit small. Uh, and then they introduced the Xperia XZ. Oh, my word. Oh. You know, <laughs> who came up with this? Uh, um, it's just going to confuse the market. I mean, what is this XZ? What is an X? What is a Z? Um, keep your naming conventions. The yeah. Z was the yeah. premium phone. Keep that lineup. Um, I mean, the Z, the Z2 and the Z3 were brilliant devices. Uh, the Z5, I think, wasn't enough of a differentiator from the Z3 to really um, it was a great phone but mm. it didn't differentiate itself enough from the Z3 to really get the market to sit up and take notice but I do think they should have continued with that Z line it, it was a line that the market understood and, and it was established and it people, was people yeah. got it yeah mm. so now you've got the XZ and the X but no Z Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I need to talk to these guys about naming convention. I think that's where the iPhone got it right. I mean, you know where you stand in the lineup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder when Apple's going to drop the numbers from its iPhones like they did with the iPad. Hmm. Do you think they'll, they'll skip uh, 8 to 9 and go straight to 10 for the 10 year anniversary? Maybe they'll Probably just call not. it iPhone. Yeah. No, iPhone. Yeah, but if you look at what it did to the iPad, I mean iPad became a bit confusing because they dropped it and you didn't know, never knew which one you had. Was That's it true. fourth generation, third generation? Yeah. I still don't know which one I actually have. I just know when I bought it. Yes. Yeah, Crazy world we live uh, in. It was a bit silly to do that, actually. It became a bit like the, the Mac lineup where you mm. had to say, uh, I have a MacBook Pro Q3 2013 edition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only way you could uh, figure out is by going to that specific website where you put in your serial number and it tells you which uh, edition Which you model have, you have, yeah. yeah. It does tell you if you go into the... 
into yeah, the yeah, now it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, let's just move on to our regular features. Uh, the storm is getting closer, so we should probably get a move on. <laughs> our winner this week, I'm not going to dwell on it because uh, we've just spent a considerable amount of time talking about it, and that's Apple. Yeah. Just for 10 years of the iPhone. Um, I think uh, you know we can be critical of Apple and ask where they're going and suggest they've lost focus on, on their uh, core businesses, on their traditional core businesses, mm. but... Uh, there's no doubt that the iPhone has been the consumer electronic success of the past decade. And um, it's created an enormous amount of wealth for the company. Uh, and they continue to ride that wave. So they're our, uh, they're our winner of, uh, for this week and probably winner of the decade. <laughs> uh, our loser this week is uh, an organization called POTRANS. You've probably never heard of them. They are the Postal and Telecommunications Regulator of Zimbabwe. What? <laughs> <laughs> They're Zimbabwe's ICASA. Now, they pushed up, uh, they, they implemented something called uh, telecommunications floor pricing uh, in Zimbabwe this week, uh, which basically said that the operators are not allowed to charge less than a certain amount for data and voice. And uh, as a result, Econet Wireless, the biggest operator in Zimbabwe, immediately pushed, put its prices up massively. Um, and we're talking prices that are, are well in excess of the prices that the operators here charge. The regulator said that um, they, they had to do this to protect the operators from uh, unwarranted competition. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's David Coltart, um, mm -hmm. uh, a opposition um, senator in Zimbabwe, uh, tweeted uh, that, uh, and he wasn't the only one, there were plenty of people who said this, that uh, this was a move by the Zimbabwean government to try and suppress social media especially in uh, following the uh, This Flag uh, protests mm. that erupted uh, last year uh, against the Zimbabwean government. Um, uh, anyway, the net result of all of this is there was a huge uproar in the country. And uh, they, last night, late last night, Thursday night, uh, announced that they were reversing their decision. The telecommunications ICT minister uh, has stepped in and uh, basically ordered the regulator to back down. Um, what's ironic is the government probably ordered it in the first place. Yeah. But uh, they, they, they backtrack now and uh, Econet is, um, suppose, I guess, going to reduce its rates again. Um, Econet was the only one who put up its rates. Uh, the other two operators kept their rates at the level they were. Econet said it was simply complying with the law, uh, which sounds fair enough. Um, but uh, price is coming back down again. Uh, so I guess... A victory for the Zimbabwean consumer um, doesn't exactly leave the regulator there in a good light. Hmm. Um, so there are loser this week, Potraz. Rechard, what's your pick? So you know, at the end, towards the end of every year, you kind of do your annual purge. You know, reinstall your computer, maybe uh, move around some things, archive some other things. And at the end of last year, I was—I've <coughs> got on my five twelve gigabyte notebook here which is virtually filled up. I had to move some files around, back up some things. And I found a very cool application called Daisy Disk. Oh, yeah. Uh, only $10 if you want to buy the full version. But it is such an incredible application um, to dissect where your data is on your drive. And it does so in a very nice little uh, chart or, or color chart. Um, and I feel like you can see this, Duncan. It's, it's like a little round circle with various colors um, arced out into various um, kind of data archives, I guess. And you can click on any part and see where your biggest data is being used. So I can see under my user folder and under my record folder, that's where the most data is. My Dropbox folder is 84 gigs, desktop is 66 gigs, and so, so forth. Mm -hmm. So I can actually drill down, see where my big files are, move them out, archive them. 
and it's a very cool way, a very nice way of managing your data and seeing where those large files on your hard drive are residing so that you can eliminate them if you need to. You know, every now and then you get a large file, maybe a big video file of 10 mm. gigs, you forgot it where it is or you forgot it's there, and it, it, those kind of things char up your, your space. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love this, and I, and I use it, uh, you know, every few days or every few weeks just to check if it's, you know, just to kind of go in and see if, if anything has changed once I've started moving files around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very handy application, and I highly recommend it. DaisyDiskApp.com. Um, ten, it, there's a free trial, but definitely worth Mac $10. Only? Um, from what I can see, yes, only Mac, uh, Mac OS. Let me just check. I don't think I didn't see a, a Windows version. Yeah, that looks uh, Mac OS. Yeah, no, this is Mac only. Yeah. yeah, I must say, well, since I've got fiber at home, I've um, pushed a lot of my uh, stuff that was on my hard drive into the cloud. Yeah. Uh, so um, all my pictures, um, um, all my music, which I, I don't really listen to anymore because I stream it through Google Play Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, a lot of my content, um, I, I, sh- I simply dump in the cloud now. Um, you know, my, my photos on my phone, even yeah. um, Google Photos syncs automatically uh, when I plug my device in, uh, and once it has synced successfully to the cloud, it deletes them off my phone. So uh, I, I never run out of space on my phone. It's what keeps the Larry's version, if I remember correctly. It's it. So you can access, you can see the photo, and then when you open it, it pulls oh, it from does the it? cloud. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Um, it makes sense, um, but uh, you know you don't. Photos are the things that on phones that end up clogging up all the space. Yeah, uh, and I've got five years worth of photos on my phone, which so, from, <laughs> which yes. is, so if you use Google Photos, there's an option in in the settings to um, delete the photo, auto delete the photo yes. that I've uploaded into the, onto Google Drive, which is I find very useful. Uh, in fact, I back up all my photos through to both Google Drive and OneDrive, in case one of them goes down because I don't want to lose my pictures. Mm. Um, I, I don't imagine that. Um, that, that both OneDrive and Google Drive will explode at the same time. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, definitely. You'll um, be fine with one of them. Uh, but, you know, I, and I don't sync much from those... Um, I don't have a live sync to my desktop uh, uh, machines of um, of much of that's in, in the cloud. My, my work documents and my Word mm, files mm, mainly, mm. I, I, I keep uh, in sync, so they're available when I'm offline. But, um, but my photos, my music, uh, I've got a lot of backed-up media in the mm. cloud. I don't, I don't bother to keep it locally anymore because I can just stream it. Yeah, no, or download it on demand. No, for sure. I just have a lot of large files that are actively working on that I need. Okay. And and, and I guess the other thing with Dropbox, I mean, all my stuff is in Dropbox, but mm-hmm. if you want a local version, you can you can un- uncheck it to unsync it. Mm-hmm. It's still on the cloud, but you don't have it's not showing up on your desk uh, on your computer. Yeah. Um, so I just periodically move those things into folders that okay. are archived that are not on, on available oh, right. on my machine. Okay. Okay. My next pro- my next project is to put a server in my home and connect it to the fiber and create my own personal store a uh, cloud. That's backed up uh, online somewhere. That's 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 yeah. probably Probably synced up, synced with uh, um, a OneDrive or something. Mm, but, mm. but it's my own personal um, backup at home uh, that I can connect to um, and access all my media on the go as well, which I can really do with Plex, uh, which yeah. is a great, which is fantastic software if you if you pay the annual license fee. But Fiber does go to show yet again how how, how amazing it is to have the bandwidth, the capacity yes. at your fingertips exactly to push these things up. It, it's it's amazing, um, absolutely amazing. And it's been interesting to see how. Um, I mean, I've got the 100 megabit per second symmetrical service, and um, it, it's it's quite thrilling to watch how quickly you can upload stuff. Yeah. What I find interesting is though, though um, uploading to OneDrive is a lot slower than upro- uploading to to Google Drive. When I upload to Google Drive, it uploads at full 100 megs a second, 
um, which yes is a local server. When I do it to OneDrive, it only goes up at about a tenth of the line speed. Yeah, OneDrive. OneDrive has always had this weird little kink that I'd never appreciated. The mm. way it, I, I, I'm not a big fan of their software, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's always been slow for me. It is. It's weird that it's slow though, because I presume Microsoft uses Akamai technologies um, to 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 to, to uh, they must use Akamai mm. to 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 manage the stuff. So I don't know why it's so slow, but. Um, but Google is clearly doing something right in terms of local bandwidth. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, my pick this week is an audiobook. I haven't picked an audiobook in ages. And um, it's absolutely, it's a, a thrilling book, very funny as well. Hmm. Um, it's science fiction. Uh, so if you're a sci-fi fan, you'll, you'll really enjoy this. It's called, it's got a very strange title. It's called We Are Legion, We Are Bob <laughs> by Dennis E. Taylor. And I'm going to read the synopsis of this book because it's worth reading. I think it'll, it'll grab you for, if you're a sci-fi fan. Bob Johansson has just sold his software company and is looking forward to a life of leisure. There are places to go, books to read, and movies to watch. So it's a little unfair when he gets himself killed crossing the street. <laughs> Bob wakes up a century later to find that corpsicles, him in other words, his frozen self, have been declared to be without rights and he is now the property of the state. He has been uploaded into computer hardware and is slated to be the controlling artificial intelligence in an interstellar probe looking for habitable planets. Jeez. The stakes are high, no less than the first claim to entire worlds. If he declines the honor, he'll be switched off and they'll try again with someone else. If he accepts, he becomes a prime target. There are at least three other countries trying to get their own probes launched first and they play dirty. The safest place for Bob is in space, heading away from the Earth at top speed. Or so he thinks, because the universe is full of nasties and trespassers make them mad, very mad. Oh, wow. <laughs> now I want to read this. It's a brilliant book. I'm on the last few chapters and um, I've loved it throughout. It's got fantastic humor. Um, it reads like a thriller uh, and um, it's, it's fantastic sci-fi. He's, you know, it's an exploration of new worlds. Uh, what's not, what to love about it? <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, and gonna... it's got intergalactic warfare built into it as well. Uh, interstellar warfare, rather. Um, fantastic book it's got a very strange title but it's book one in a series apparently oh. called the bobby verse <laughs> uh, we are legion we are bob and it's written by a guy called dennis e taylor i believe it's his first ever book wow um and i'm i'm listening to the audio version from audible uh, which uh, is uh, really good i highly recommend it narrated by ray porter um uh, but if you're, if, if you're a sci-fi nut uh, and you haven't read this book do yourself a favor and uh, and uh, either go grab a uh, the, uh, uh, um, a printed version of it, or um, do what I've done and grab the uh, very well-read Audible edition. Nice, cool. That's my pick. And that is our show. Apart from our uh, quiz results, um, let me jump in with the first question. Rehat Yahoo, or what is left of it after its U.S. assets assault of Verizon, is being renamed to what? And the answer is Al Taba. The second question: Yahoo's new name is the portmanteau of which two words? And the answer. Alternative and Alibaba, and the reason for that is that um, Alibaba is one of the few, and only one of only two investments that Yahoo is going to be left with after the sale of the U.S. assets. The other being Yahoo Japan, uh, and um, so they see this uh, vehicle now as a listed um, alternative hmm. investment for shareholders <laughs> interested in buying Alibaba. So hence, Altabo oh. Alternative Alibaba. Our third question, South Africa's Department of Telecommunications and Postal Services has a new Director General. Who is he? Uh, And it is, of course, Mabuse Robert Mkuna. The fourth question, who was acting DG until the person who is the answer to question three took over? The answer, Joe Mkwaka. 
And our final question, Cell C this week announced it would hike tariffs on the 1st of February. What did it cite as the main reason for being forced to do so? And the answer, the weak rand pushing up network equipment costs. And that's our show, the first show of 2017. We've got lots of great stuff planned for this podcast this year. Uh, so uh, keep your ears peeled, if, I, if that's the right phrase. <laughs> um, and uh, we will uh, be back with uh, with plenty more throughout uh, 2017. As always, we would love to get your feedback. Our email address uh, for that is info at techcentral.co.za. Until next time, from Rechot and myself, cheers. Ciao, ciao. Thank you.